Hello, my name is Jared. And my name is Elle. And you're listening to the New Leaf Project, telling the stories of starters and planters across Canada. What's on tap for us today, Elle? So we've got another great episode from one of our contributors, uh, Dan Sheffield, Mr. Dan Sheffield, doing an excellent job of interviewing people. And this is someone that we've heard on the podcast before, um, Dave uh, Overholt. And so he is the pastor at Church on the Rock in Hamilton. He's also a professor at Tyndale, and he was a part of a study um, that we often reference at New Leaf, um, the Hemorrhaging Faith Study. Yeah, that was a, a landmark study uh, 2011. Um, and, uh, I believe that's when it came out and, uh, it, it studied, uh, Canadian young adults and, uh, the, the factors of why they might stay in church or why they're leaving the church. Uh, just some really important information. Um, boy, we really need to do a new one, uh, again. Uh, it's been seven years, so, uh, but really powerful stuff, really uh, major discoveries for me as a church leader, just such valuable information. For instance, uh, what I find really fascinating came out in that study was, you know, when you think about, okay, when do kids lose their faith? When do they stop believing? When do they stop participating in church? Um, you know, almost everybody says university age, and that's just not the facts. The study said they actually lose the plot around age 12. Uh, in that in that awkward stage between children's ministry and youth ministry, uh, real tough stage for any church to try and navigate. And uh, that's where we're losing so many of our young people. By age 16, when their parents give them the ability to choose whether to go to church or not, they often choose not to go to church. And then uh, in their university stage, that's when, uh, if they're going to become agnostic or atheist or, or whatever, uh, just a normal spiritual but not religious or any other various categories of nons in Canada, that's when that gets all worked out and, and sort of solidified. But uh, really powerful stuff. And today's episode, I think you're going to want to give it a listen because it's all about how do we keep young people uh, in, in the church? How do we uh, keep them connected to the Jesus story, keep them connected in community? And uh, there's some really good stuff in this podcast that I don't think anyone is going to want to miss. So without further ado, let's give this one a listen. So I'm here uh, chatting with Dave Overholt again. And uh, now Dave is actually has a doctorate in front of his name besides the reverend. He has <laughs> a doctorate in the philosophy of education from the U of T. Yeah, from Boise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and he's also the pastor of Church on the Rock, uh, this kind of thriving uh, church that's full of young adults here in the city of Hamilton. And uh, Dave uh, was also in, in part of the, uh, the youth roundtable of the Evangelical Fellowship. Yes. Um, that commissioned the, the research project that's known as Hemorrhaging Faith. Yes. Um, and and so he was quite involved in the in thinking about that. You also teach at Tyndale Seminary, right? Yeah, I head up their youth and family department uh, for now in seminary. Yeah, the Tyndale. And you pastor this church. And I pastor this church. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this top this uh, this topic of you know young adults and nuns and duns and the hemorrhaging faith research uh, is is something that. Uh, you've done a lot of thinking about as yeah. well as involved in the practice of how do we engage and connect with um, and uh, so the 
the the question that that I you know I'm th sort of throwing out here is like are we really losing all of the young adults that um, the research or the popular version of the research <laughs> seems to be telling us? Um, so what's your understanding of hemorrhaging faith and you know some people say well two out of three young adults raised in churches uh, are leaving uh, yeah what's your understanding of that? yeah and and if we round the numbers around uh, I, I, I usually use the, the stat about 70% if you grew up in local church you're gonna leave by your age uh, early 30s mm -hmm. and in uh, that that that's shocking to a lot of us and that that gets applied across the board and it is shocking, it should shock, it should wake us up. Mm -hmm. um, but when you start to, to sort of source that out, 80% are from a Catholic background, you grew up Catholic, um, and uh, Canada's weighted uh, Catholic, yes. uh, just under a half of Canada would consider themselves Catholic. So that, that 80% had mm -hmm. a big weight, 66%, uh, about two thirds from uh, mainline denominations, and about one third from evangelicals. So about 33% uh, if you have uh, yeah, from an evangelical background, you have three kids, one of them will most likely leave the church. Okay, so it's, it's from evangelical churches, it's one in three rather than two in three. Yeah, okay. yeah, I, I remember when we, uh, we talked about that at one of our think tanks, and some of the evangelicals were saying, yay, I thought, hold on, hold on, we're losing kids. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes, which, is, which is, is the point, right? And, uh, and so, uh, again, in that research, a lot of attention is focused on why yeah. the, the young adults are leaving and, and what's the problem with our churches and what we need to do differently kind of thing. But, but there also is this side of, actually there's churches that are keeping their young people and what is it they're doing right? In, yeah, in the, in, uh, actually, evangelical churches, think about it, are keeping two-thirds of the kids. Uh, which is better than any other Christian organization yeah. in the nation. Yeah. Uh, what, in the long term, it, it is better than any other Christian organization. So uh, it's, it's yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. to put that in perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just, just for people who haven't you know, read the research or whatever, mm -hmm. what, what, are, what are those factors that yep. uh, shape whether people leave or stay? Yeah. Uh, I remember when the researchers came back and they said there's four four things that push the kids away yeah. and four things that draw them in and keep them and they said they're the same things two sides of the same coin and we said no that's that's too that's too neat okay. so go back and, and research yeah. it look at yeah. they came back with some other voices I said no it's as simple as four ideas four things and this was uh, over uh, hundreds of uh, yeah. uh, phone calls and and, uh, and talks so uh, the, the four ideas, um, I like to sum up with in just one idea, just because okay, yeah. uh, they, they asked the, the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada asked me to write up a follow-up booklet, and they said, you know, can we sort of distill this down? And so in, in my one takeaway from, from the study is this, uh, like years ago, people would, would try and prove your faith through intellectual discourse, like through, mm -hmm. you know, apologetics. Now we can prove we are right, yeah. and this, this is what ma makes us right. And now the, the shift is no one, no one proves truth through that. Uh, there's just so many truths out there. You type in Google and find out, you know, is there a God? There's yeah. like 9 million yes. uh, answers to that. And uh, so you, you go to somebody and say, well, does it work for you? Does this work for you? And so now the, now the, the question is, does this work for anybody? 
And if it doesn't seem to work for anybody, then it must not be true. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you, you quote historical sources or whatever, it's, yeah. does this work? So it's very existential, it's very pragmatic. Mm -hmm. uh, is this, so pragmatism, existentialism seems to, to be in the fabric of uh, some of this generation, not just uh, you know the adults too, you yeah. know, to be honest. And so, uh, so the the research said there's there's basically four things. Number one, in your family, uh, does does faith seem to work in the family? Mm -hmm. uh, are the families modeling faith? And uh, in as uh, as some of the follow up uh, interviews said, um, some people said I came downstairs and I saw my mom or dad reading the Bible. They talked about their faith over the yeah. over the coffee table. It was a real thing. Yeah. Are, some would say no it was a, it was a Sunday thing they, they just came yeah. and left and it wasn't talked about and that seemed to be the dividing line yeah. was it real in my family yeah. uh, second place uh, was uh, was it real in my local church did, did does it seem to be real the, yeah. the cross-generational yeah. relationships yeah. are they all experiencing saying oh I have met God like, the whole idea of telling God stories is just right. so key uh, God tapped me on the shoulder of this. Uh, God answered this prayer. God is alive and real yeah, yeah. here. And uh, is it seen in the, even just in the effervescence yeah. of coming to church yeah. because they can hardly wait to, to you know, experience God there or to talk about their experiences through the week. Yeah. That this, it's working at church. Yeah. Uh, and so if it doesn't seem to work at church, it's not working at my home, that's yeah. not true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then the third one, have I had a personal experience myself? Mm -hmm. Has it worked for me? Right. Uh, so have I uh, either had a answer to prayer, had I had uh, you know a camp experience, or uh, I, I love to uh, just just remember my, my daughter. I think she was a very young teen. She went away to a camp, and uh, I, I remember I, I we researched the camp to send yes. her to, and yeah. we prayed like crazy yeah. during that time. Yeah. And she grew up in a culture out of our church about prayer and listening to the spirits tap. So yeah. so she's in the back and they're singing uh, some praises. And uh, as she talked about, she got a tap from, from God to go and pray with this guy that's two rows up. And I think she was like 13, he was 25. And so I can't do this. And like, you know, he's, you know, <laughs> a demigod as a, as a 25 year old yeah, yeah, male. Yeah. And so she did it anyway, goes yeah. up and, oh yeah, she said, I'll only pray with him if he sits down. So of course he sits down. So she goes and prays for him, puts her hand on his shoulders and prays for him. He falls to the ground crying, saying, I was just asking God for somebody to come and pray for me. She knew it was real for her. Yeah. She walked out of the, of the worship and the lights yeah. and the fog and went out to the stars and said, God, I'm in. He's used me yeah. the rest of my life. Yeah. So, so does she God... She didn't need to go to camp. Yeah, she, <laughs> she didn't need anything else. This is like, yeah. this, I know this is yeah. true. So, uh, yeah, does it work in my family? Yeah. Does it work in my church? Does it work uh, in the... Uh, for myself, and does it seem to make sense in the Bible? Yep. Like, does the Bible, yep. the, this thing that we come to, yep. does it really seem to make sense? Uh, or, uh, you know, is this, are we twisting yep. this, uh, or uh, this particularly they wanna know, are they answering the question why? So you're telling me not to have sex until I'm married, yep. well, why? Yeah. Give me a good reason why, yep. uh, instead of just preaching it to me. Right. So, yeah. so does the Bible make sense, and does this work in, in my family, for myself, and in the community of believers? So you, so you're saying that you actually preach sermons about sex at church? <laughs> I better not say it. Well, well, I know yes. he does. Okay, I okay, I know, I know, I do. And I, I said, listen, you think heaven's going to be boring? The same God made sex, made heaven? Uh, come on. Anyway, there so yes, there we go. <laughs>
so you wonder why people come to the <laughs> church. The, uh, so, <clears throat> so that, that collection of, of, of factors mm-hmm. there, the, um, you know, uh, like I think we were just talking, I just met your daughter, who's yeah. a young adult in the faith and in ministry, yeah. Yeah. and talking about my own kids, mm-hmm. and, and, and that there is something about, uh, you know, family, about yeah. healthy Christian community, mm-hmm. uh, about personal experience, and, uh, and so the, so, I don't know, just <laughs> what, why, why doesn't that show up in more of our churches? Wow. Like all those yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, sometimes when I talk about the whole idea of experience, we, we're fearful that we're going to yeah. be, because uh, the truth. You said, you said Baptocostal. Yeah. I, I, yeah. My church is kind of Baptocostal. So, and, and, and it's true. The worries are true. Yeah. You can have experiences anywhere. You can have a, a great Buddhist experience, I'm sure. You yes. can have transcendental yeah. experiences. So yeah. experiences are really shaky ground to base yeah. anything on. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we come back, here's the word of God, believe it, take it, no matter what. Yeah. Uh, I always, I have a picture in my mind, this visual picture of this huge brick wall that uh, this generation has put up. No, you can't, I won't let you in. Yeah. But they have one door in there, and that door is, does this work? And so you, you go through the, the door, uh, but you bring with you the, the cross and the word. Yeah. And so, uh, for instance, some people have asked me, Dave, you know, do we never teach uh, traditional apologetics? I said, yes, you do, but you preach it on the other side of faith. It's it's like you've come to faith because you know this works, and this is why you're you're a believer. Let, let's ground yourself in, in the Word, and this, there's good reasons why you are what you are, but we're not convincing people right with with that kind of a yeah. Uh, so I, I, I think we can hold them in both hands and, and not be anti-experience yeah. or uh, anti-intellect. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Church on the Rock uh, is full of young adults. Yeah. Where, where are they coming from? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, who are they? When you, if you think of this statistical continuum, like, yeah. uh, where, who, are the, who are the young adults? Why, where are they coming from? Yeah, so we uh, we have a uh, a large contingent from uh, universities and colleges, which is always fun because you know church growth. Wow, we're growing, and then then we graduate off a yeah, bunch, yeah, and then we yes. take a hit again. Yeah. But uh, so we have a, about an average of four fifty on a Sunday, but four hundred fifty on a Sunday. But but, and, you, but university students are like, aren't they the ones who are questioning all of this stuff to start with? Why are they coming here? <laughs> oh, <laughs> carry on, carry on. Well, why? Because their friend has had a spiritual experience okay. and have somehow experienced God and it creates this longing, this hunger, because there is, I still believe, there is that God-shaped vacuum yeah. in people and they want to know, well, what's working for you? This seems to be really working for you. We have a steady stream of people who are unchurched completely mm-hmm. and uh, it's not because we don't have ads out there it's yeah, just yeah. because our people have have met God and they they go and talk about it and not in a preachy way just about this is this is who I am this is what I believe and uh, it doesn't touch everybody but it does touch some that they they come and show up and and uh, in fact <laughs> I just talked to this uh, young woman um, and she's just brand new never been to church again this week last week 
And she said, uh, Dave, I just cried through the whole service. I said, oh, that's normal. That would go away after a while. You know, just, and, it's, right. and she just said, I think this is something I need. I just come and be a part of this community and see what, you, uh, you know, what happens. And, and as that happens, as she comes and belongs and she understands this is a family you can be a part of through an act of faith, through calling out faith. So she does that. Uh, we just had eight people, uh, yeah, make faith professions this yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah. That sounds so horrible. Faith, I mean, they, they, they called out to God in right. faith to say they, they want to be a part of his family. Right. And uh, most of them, I think, were young adults. And um, there's this one 22-year-old. Uh, she came and showed me her journal. And in tears, she was telling me how God is speaking to her through the Word of God. And a friend was beside her, put her hand on her shoulder, been praying for her for five years. Wow. And there was just this moment where we stopped and prayed. I just grabbed people yeah. around. We all came and, and prayed for her. And so she's a part of a community. She knows God because of experience. Now, is that that's a weak thing to, to build any faith on. But it's true. I believe it's yes. true. Yeah, God, yeah. God is in her. And, yeah. uh, but now she needs, now she'll get the grounding yeah, and the word yeah. through the small groups and the yeah. things that we have. Yeah. Uh, but yes, so, uh, so we, we have a lot that come from universities. Mm -hmm. we, 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 we send a bus to the university. So you also have a bus ministry. We have a bus ministry. This is like 1950s. <laughs> well, as some people, because this bus is so expensive, right. it breaks down. The insurance is yep. horrendous. Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars we pour it into it every single year. But uh, the reason why we do it is because, well, I could sleep in. Yep. Oh, there's a church, but it's two blocks away. Or you're gonna send me a bus right in front of my yeah. door, and and the RAs are saying, "Hey, I go to this church. You should yeah. come." Yeah. And as uh, so we pack that bus, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we we do that a lot. Of, uh, but we have some of these kids ride uh, uh, city buses. We have a contingent of about forty to fifty McMaster students that that hit the city bus and right. and and come up, and some hit cars and, and come in. Yeah. So we have a lot of university students. We find out that we keep maybe about, um, you know, after they graduate yeah, off, we yeah. keep about 10 to 20 percent of those. Right, right. Uh, yeah. And then they get married and yeah. they, they stay and yeah. many, most of the others just, you know, go off to, yeah. to other places. So we yeah. have this large young married uh, group yeah. that's sort of under 30. Yes. are starting to have babies. we exploding with babies. But uh, we remind everybody the reason why we're doing this, our target is, uh, is this next generation. Right. Uh, so again, so some older adults have come in and said your music is too loud, yeah. and so we give them earplugs. Or we said there's other many other churches you could go to. Mike, Mike, Mike Fry's a friend. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Um, so. Um, yeah. So so we send the bus out. We yeah, we have yeah, yeah, yeah. we probably have about uh, you know. 60 to 80 teenagers that are connected to us. So probably the vast majority are 32 and under with, uh, with all these, a good third are university students. Okay. Uh, probably a, a good third are married of 30 in the 20 year olds. Okay. And uh, like I said, probably a, a good chunk of, of high school students. And then we have a very sort of slim group of people that are called to this age group right. to to uh, disciple and right. finance them. Right. He, he gray hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, 
So, okay, so the... I just want to... There, there are some varieties of, in a sense, really conservative-type churches mm -hmm. that are also uh, on the scene these days uh, as thriving churches mm -hmm. with young adults. And, um, you know, uh, do, you have any, do you have any thoughts on, you know, what, what it is about those kinds of churches that... Because I'm taking your church to be a little bit different from yes. those sort of, yeah. sort of extreme conservative uh, churches that are growing and thriving. I don't know. Any thoughts on that? You kind of... The, <laughs> any, anyone that I want to go on record of? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, 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 love, I love what I get an opportunity to do. Uh, we, we take uh, evangelism seriously. It's a culture of evangelism. So we talk to people if you're on your way to God. And that signals our people. They can bring people on the way to God because they're always addressed. And so we have a steady stream of people coming to faith. Yeah. Uh, some churches have decided to do another strategy and uh, to disciple those that they believe are under-discipled from other churches. So right. they, will, they will bring in people that are frustrated with traditional church and give them an assurity of all those four things why people stay or leave. They'll really focus on that last one. Let's make the scripture make sense. And they, they give, this, these are things that we are sure of. Mm -hmm. And it gives that, that assurity. And uh, they do have great music too. And uh, they uh, also build great community. Yeah. And yeah. so there's, there's, there's good things that, that keep them there because of the music community, but particularly because the scripture makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and, I, and what I've heard you saying is that the, the kind of the whole, all four of those factors, yeah. that well, uh, well-rounded experience mm -hmm. is, a, is a significant piece. Uh, yeah, especially if you don't have, uh, yeah, yeah, especially if you don't have a lot of the resources. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you just, uh, I, I, I've, I've seen churches, when we were still working with the six churches, is fascinating. One of the churches seemed to draw a lot of the young people, very traditional church, and I tried to figure out why, and I went there. And um, they just, one of their strategies was to, to make church work. They just got their young people up on stage, and uh, they would do the raps, the pre-message, the, the scripture reading, and all their friends would come and, and watch them do it. And so it, the whole church saw that this next generation was part of their mission, and so they, they rallied around that. Mm -hmm. So they did not have great music, they didn't have great preaching, mm -hmm. but uh, uh, when, when young people, uh, you know, Erickson says that there's three questions this generation ask, you know, who am I, mm -hmm. uh, uh, who am I, why am I here, and, and who are my people? Mm -hmm. So when the, when the young people come in, they're, they're asking, who are my people? Yeah. And and so if they see their people up on stage and mm -hmm. and we're very we do that very yeah. uh, s strongly we yeah. if we we have some older folks that want to play some music mm -hmm. and we let them do that but we actually put them in the back row right. so we <laughs> we make sure our young adults are up front and right. center so when a young adult comes in they say yeah. oh my people are here yeah, yeah. Uh, we send a bus to pick them up we uh, are in our sermons so all my all my illustrations, I'll illustrate things with Marys, but I lose if I don't illustrate things with university students right. and with uh, young young adults and what they're going through yeah. and what it means to be single. Yeah. So, uh, you know, denying yourself, you might uh, preach that in a lot of ways, but to talk to young uh, um, young adults in, yeah. as far as denying yourself, yeah. uh, that's uh, that's what that means. What that means for them. Yeah. So yeah. they are always addressed. Uh, our people know that it is uh, they are 
they are important to us. Yeah. Um, so when we, you know, there's, there's kind of some of the things that you've learned about connecting with, with mm. young adults. Um, there's kind of, there's this whole discussion around the youth who are leaving church mm-hmm. or have left the, you know, what are referred to as the duns. They're done with church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, church, church plants that are giving their attention to that group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, what, you know, putting on your youth ministry in Canada <laughs> hat there, uh, what, what, what is it uh, around reaching young adults in that in that grouping, so on that, they've left or they could care less. What what is it that that kind of a church that wants to focus there? What uh, what would your advice be to them? I realize that's a that's a difficult group. That mm-hmm. really is a difficult group. I know in the hemorrhaging faith, we we talked about those who are engaged, those who were uh, fence sitters and the wanderers, yeah. and the, the ones that were angry, the right. the rejectors. Yeah. And uh, I know that I, I would I would start if I'm going to plant a church, uh, reaching the ones that are non non and dons. Mm-hmm. I would I would have to plant uh, with a, a good group of engagers, right? Uh, because again, uh, somebody that's going to come in and say uh, this, uh, you know, this doesn't relate to me. They need to see a body of uh, young adults yeah. that are engaged and excited, and it will. It will reignite their uh, their their interest. Uh, University uh, did a really good book on on sort of reaching uh, reaching the lost mm-hmm. um, in a postmodern world, and it's uh, fascinating because I think you can do this the, the same apply the same thing. The first thing is he says you just have to build relationships. They have to see that even though you're engaged in your faith, you don't have two heads. You're not thoughtless. Right. You yes. are. Yep. That makes sense, and then you tell. Then, then the second thing they, they say in this uh, IV book is uh, you tell enough God stories that this is what I've experienced. This is what I've experienced. And at first, they'll say that's your experience. This is my experience. But if you do that enough, there really is a Holy Spirit out there, and the Holy Spirit really is drawing people to Himself. And so you depend on on that Spirit of God to use the the, the experiences yeah. and the God stories of, of your people to create that that hunger again and that that, that thirst again. That hold on, maybe my experience wasn't the whole experience. And so, uh, for for instance, at my church, almost every single week we do a normal person interview. We get somebody up there and they just talk about how God has been used, uh, has, has yep. uh, neat God stories in their life. So you can't come to my church without being an environment, a culture of God is alive, God's at work, maybe I'm missing something. Right, right, okay. So. That's people connecting on that that end of the spectrum. Yeah. Those are those are some helpful ideas there. The back to the sort of the, the traditional churches that are the churches that are losing young adults and just like we think we're doing the right thing, but they keep leaving. Like yeah. what's what what has to be recrafted in in our sort of long established churches to, yeah. to do this? Well, uh, you know some of the same things. I we we did a, a we've. We do a, a program called the Adopt a Student program. So there's a student, uh, you can go and be adopted by a, by family and they'll give you one meal a month and they'll do your laundry for you. That, so that kind of thing. And so, so to, to build, find ways to build cross-generational relationships okay. Okay. Uh, and do some of that mentoring. I know there's so much hunger. Uh, I, I did my, uh, my last degree on mentoring and so uh, there's so much hunger in, in uh, young adults to be mentored. Mm. 
and uh, so, so to to offer, you know, have uh, have people that that have uh, gone further down, young couples that are getting married. Yeah. We get so many requests. Can you put us into a, a, you know, connect us up with right. a couple that's been. Uh, yeah, married for a long time. So there is that hunger for those relationships. So so just keep those uh, those um, cross generation relationships happen. You know, work hard at that, and then create. Just alert your whole congregation. This is now part of our mission. Right. So and we do that through some yeah. some programs. We do uh, uh, we do study packs. So if it's during uh, exam time, we we give them food and different things. I know some, some traditional churches that offer uh, a meal, free food right. to, uh, to young adults and they, they will come in and enjoy. And all of a sudden they see the whole church right. is trying to surround them and this yeah. is an important, this is a key ministry for the whole yeah. church. It's not like an add-on, we wish you were here. Right. That, that whole relational thing is, is so yeah. key. Yeah. I was doing a, I was a consulting in a church in, uh, uh, up in, uh, near, near Tobermory. I remember that the pastor came and he said, Dave, we're losing our young adults. We, we got them here. And so somehow they begged and borrowed and got all of the students that had left uh, and, and got them sitting in the pews. And wow. so he says, Dave, let's have a conversation. <laughs> so, I said, What's that? so I said, well, why do you, you know, what would get you to come back? And, and finally, one of the students stood up and said, you're trying to make a program for me, aren't you? And he looked at the pastor. He said, do you want me to come back? Take me out for coffee. And all of a sudden, the pastors, I could just see him go, oh, because this is now going to take time, yeah. right? The whole time of building relationships, not just the pastor, yeah. but will the whole, yeah. will the congregation take the time to build relationships? Uh, my youth pastor hat says that number one, uh, number one value of teenagers, the number one source of enjoyment for teenagers and the number one uh, source of help for teenagers are relationships, 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 relationships. That's key. That's everything is relationship. So you want to keep them, find ways to build cross-generational relationships that would be actually good and helpful. Right, right. Um, and that, that, that almost becomes like a two-way street too, right? Yeah, because, yeah. Because, you know, the, the older mm -hmm. generation needs to have some understanding of what's actually... I, I think we're afraid. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. I, I was speaking in a traditional church not too long ago and I stood there and I saw all the adults all in one corner. I saw the... The, the teenagers in yeah. another corner. Yeah. And so I went over and talked to the teenagers, of course. And, and I said, hey, you know, within minutes, we're, you know, yeah. we're laughing and talking, having fun, and realizing, oh, people, could you just know mm -hmm. that if you just wander across the hallway <laughs> and build some of those relationships, that would be at least a step yeah. in the right direction. So this, uh, this hemorrhaging faith uh, research, you mentioned in passing this, this little booklet, Transfusing Life. Yep, Transfusing Life. So just tell what, like, how, how, how might that be a useful resource to some churches? Yeah, uh, Hemorrhaging Faith is a 150-page document that, was, uh, that you get all the, the research right. around right. why students are leaving, right. and it's fantastic. I think you can uh, get it online, hemorrhagingfaith.ca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um, and so that, that's, uh, the round table asked me to write because they said the average youth pastor won't read the 150. <laughs> What? <laughs> and so I wrote a very small booklet about uh, 25 pages right. called Transfusing Life. So basically, we, we, I, I just distilled the research down so it's read, very readable. Right. But then we asked not only the roundtable, but we did uh, think tanks around the country. Okay. 
uh, saying, so what are the solutions to this? Right. And so we did bullet point solutions through this uh, small resource. So they can just get that and not listen to your advice in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, just get the little book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, this, is, uh, this has been very helpful to have your kind of insight as someone deeply involved in that mm -hmm. research and, and actively involved in the solutions as well. And so thanks for yeah. your time on the New Leaf podcast here and uh, um, continue to uh, hear good things about Church on the Rock in Hamilton. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dave. All right, that was Dan Sheffield and Dave Overholt of Church on the Rock in Hamilton talking about how do we keep our young people. El, what were some takeaways for you from that uh, that interview? I really appreciated um, Dave's perspective, obviously being part of the Hemorrhaging Faith study. I liked some of the things that he was talking about um, in terms of youth and young adults wanting to know that does faith seem to work for their families? Is Does faith seem to work in the local church? And does faith seem to work in their own lives? And that idea that those are really important things to keep in kids tied to Christianity, keeping them their faith real, that idea of experiential. You know, a lot of times we think about the importance of um, teaching kids, you know, proving proving their faith through intellectual discourse. But Dave brings up the idea of actually experiencing faith and tells a great story about his daughter sensing that God was asking her to pray for this, this guy who was a bit older than her. She went ahead and did it anyways, and he responded by saying, you know, I was actually sitting here asking God to bring someone to pray with me. And that, that girl's life was forever changed because she had an experiential moment where she sensed God spoke to her, she, she followed, and it was right. It was true. And when you have moments like that, um, it's hard to excuse that away as just a coincidence. She felt something real and experienced her faith. And we've talked a lot about that at New Leaf, of how important it is to experience God and to sense God with you and to sense God speaking to you, which sometimes sounds like a, a crazy notion, but when you experience it, it's so in, enriching to your faith. And so I love that idea of getting away from, it's not that the intellectual discourse isn't important, but about it, the importance of in young people's lives, seeing faith work in their home, seeing faith work in their church and seeing faith work in their own lives and how important that is. And you know what? That's not just important to young people. That's no. like important to all, all of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and that's why this conversation is so important is because uh, what we have to offer the world is not better argumentation. There's lots of good arguments out there. Um, it's not even always just a, you know, a, a social justice program to belong to or, 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 or participate in because there's all kinds of opportunities there. The one thing that the church has to offer the world is the presence of Jesus. We, we, we believe and experience the resurrected Jesus. And that is a profound thing to be mm -hmm. able to offer uh, to anybody, but it has to start with us. And that's what I, I love about that story it has to start mm -hmm. with us. We have to have those experiences ourselves. And that's something we need. We, that's how we can pass our faith onto our kids is invite them to have those experiences of mm -hmm. God with them, God speaking to them, God in the everyday of their life. And that's not an intellectual exercise always. That is, that is about your prayer life. That is about how you see yourself, your identity, what God has to say to you about that. And so those mm -hmm. are all very powerful things. And that's actually, honestly, what I think that this next chapter of the church is going to be all about is us rediscovering the power of Jesus 
and 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 begin offering that again to the world. Yeah. So we have lots of conversations about this kind of stuff all the time, L. And if people wanted to connect in with the New Leaf uh, Network conversation, how would they go about doing it? The best way to keep up with us is on our website, www.newleafnetwork.ca, or our Facebook page. We try to keep both of them updated with all of our events, conversations, blog posts, podcasts that are happening. And I know we say it all the time, but we really mean it. Reach out and connect with us. We would love to connect with you, hear about what you're doing in your neighborhood, in your church, in your community. We would love to um, host an event with you if, if you're hoping to have some kind of a learning party or, or some of our other events and conversations that we're having. We want to connect with you. We want to serve you. And so reach out and let us know that you're listening and let us know how we can help. We've met some amazing people all across Canada just by people reaching out and letting us know that they're there. Um, so don't be shy. We'd love to hear from you. All right, friends, until next time, bye-bye.